Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code Podcast, Season 2, Mud Her. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to the young women in my audience. And for me, that, that encompasses roughly the ages 25 to 35, plus or minus a few years on either end of that. But even if you don't fall in that category, I know you'll find a lot of what we're going to be talking about relevant and generalizable. But I want to share about what I've been seeing more recently, experiencing both in my coaching of women in this age range, as well as the women who are in my mastermind. I'm in the midst, like kind of right in the middle of this current mastermind. And there's just been so many beautiful things coming to the surface for me around that. But even in my coaching, I've been coaching new moms in this age range, women, you know, going through breakups, women looking at career aspects. So I'm going to share a little bit about what I'm noticing with them and the problems they're facing and how I've been supporting them through Rewrite the Mother Code and other aspects of my coaching to navigate, you know, what's really a wonderful, just new and energetic in this in this time frame, but also the particular challenges and problems that they're facing in this, like, you know, as I said, energetic, but also tumultuous time in their lives. 
So if this is your first time listening, I coach women, but I coach them on the whole continuum of their mothering journey from, you know, early 20s to 50s and above. And what is always cool to me and striking is that there's both similarities and distinctions across the generations. You know, so for example, you know, everyone faces challenges at the different junctures in their lives. And those challenges often come in the form of transitions. So transitions at any age range or stage are something really for us to contend with, for us to, you know, really see what the value that's in them and, and take stock because their big transitions really can be a bitch. They really can be something that can, you know, turn our worlds upside down. And even when we're well aware of a transition that we're making, doesn't necessarily make it any easier. But it's also a really ripe time to reassess in our lives, to reassess values, to reassess priorities, to start sometimes anew in our lives. But also because there's so much chaos and upheaval in transitions, it's also the ripest time for our growth, for our development, for personal transformation. So let's look at uh, a few of the distinctions for this age range and things that that do happen. Some may be part of your journey, some not, but see what you can resonate on these types of transitions for the age range that we're talking about, right? So on the early side, we're talking graduated from college and starting our adult life. This is huge. You know, we've been, even, even if we've gone to college or, you know, the first time we're branching out from our home, a more protective environment and really heading out on our own is mind blowing. I know it was for me, for me that, that came when I packed up the car and left for what was going to be the, the initial transition before I even started my job in the fall and went and lived a summer in Newport, Rhode Island. And I was just telling my daughter who, uh, my youngest daughter, who's about to transition out of college and to, you know, move to a new city, start a new job. And she's, you know, really stirred up. And I said, absolutely. You know, this is, and it's great that you're aware of it because, you know, as I was saying at that time for me, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, I guess. You know, I hopped in this car that was packed to the tilt and just burst into tears and sobbing. I'm like, where is this coming from? And I, I think it really took the drive from Michigan to, to Newport to really like realize like, oh, I'm leaving home. Like, you know, if you go to college, like, yes, college is a leaving home, but it's still a very, if you're living there and on campus, it still can be a very protective environment. But this was moving into a house, living with a whole group of people, and actually finding a job for the summer. And even though that was all supposed to be fun, it was really scary and stressful to know that, you know, I had to immediately be able to pay rent and, and, and such things. So there's that whole thing, finding your new, you know, first apartment and who you're going to live with. And, you know, this is something that I think a lot of young people just step into. And I've been really, I don't know, encouraged, proud of, you know, the young women who have come into coaching to help them navigate this and realize like, whoa, there's a lot of factors, a, a, a lot of moving parts in this. And how do I do this consciously? How do I do this in a way that I'm setting my, my life up and this new start, you know, in the most positive, in the most focused way that I can. Uh, so that's a really big one, right? And so, and then all along in this age range, we're dealing with relationships and that can be friendships and shifting friend, you know, 
going from high school friendships to possibly college friendships and then work relationships and navigating all of that territory seems like that should be no big deal. But that can often be very challenging because suddenly this group of people that if you went to college, you all had in common the college life. Everybody's going in different directions, you know, different kinds of jobs, different locations. And, you know, who who am I going to keep as my close friends and how do I stay in touch? Like those are those are big arenas to navigate. Same with first um, romantic relationships. And, you know, no matter what that looks like for you, it, sometimes we're having our first go at a serious relationship or we had a serious relationship in college. It's not working out as we get into our adult life and we're experiencing our first real big breakup. You know, as we move into our 20s and, and early 30s, you might be single and have a lot of friends who are getting engaged and married, and that stirs up a lot of feelings. You might get engaged, and that's a whole huge transition. You know, it, even if you've lived together for a period of time, the engagement and decision to get married is really huge. And then there's the whole aspect of the fact that you're you're starting a new career. You have your first job, and how do I want to show up at the office? How, you know, what meaning does this have for me? Is it just a checkbox on my way moving up the ladder? Am I taking this job so that then I can go to graduate school and then I can go that, go here? And that can become, you know, kind of a just trying to, you know, check mark off or do what I'm supposed to be doing. So I just named and, you know, went through a pretty extensive, I mean, I didn't even talk about you know, also in this age range, but we're going to get to that in a different way around mothering ourselves. But, you know, within these relationships, there's also going to be the choices around children. And if or if not, I'm going to have them, I want them. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. But really want to underline and make these distinctions as I've just laid out only the beginning of an inventory of some of the transitions in a young woman's life. And we're not prepared for it. And, you know, we have maybe had good, decent college counseling to help you get your first job, but not a whole lot around, you know, what that job means to you. And how am I using, you know, my values and things like that to help navigate that? So we've, you know, named those, you know, maybe bringing to mind that you're perfectly relating with some of these or there's other ones that I haven't. I'm not pretending that I just named an exhaustive list of the possible transitions, but hopefully we're getting the idea. There's a lot of them, a lot of firsts, you know, a lot of big things, right? So what I want to then look at is, okay, so we have all of these. These are, you know, the kind of the particular arenas in a young woman. And what I find similar, no matter where a woman's at in her continuum of her self-care or mothering is prioritizing herself. And how do we prioritize ourselves? I mean, I know millennials get kind of a bad rap around like, oh, they're, you know, they're spoiled or they're privileged and things like that. But I, I think yeah, there may be some, I'm not saying that that isn't true in some arenas, but I think more so it's very different to be coming onto the scene and navigating how do I have a full, big, rich life and prioritize myself? You know, how do I prioritize and what in Rewrite the Mother Code we talk about as mothering ourselves. So in these transitions, in these big aspects of our life, how am I going to start really practicing, learning how to, and going on this journey of mothering ourselves? And why would I even want to do that, right? Why, 
like these are all exciting things. This is great. You know, I'm I'm um, out in the world. But one of the things I want to underline is as things kind of accumulate, as I'm navigating, you know, more arenas. Maybe it's not just career. Maybe now I'm in a relationship and a career. Maybe I've decided to have kids and I'm adding that. And with each one of those, it's super easy to lose ourselves and lose sight of what it really means to um, mother and take care of ourselves. So I want to look at some distinctions now in this arena, knowing that throughout our lifetime, we're going to have this challenge and this opportunity around mothering ourselves and see what it brings for us and what the challenges are. But I want to look at some of the distinctions for young women. Where are have I been supporting, working with some of the younger women in the arenas of prioritizing themselves and what kind of buckets, you know, and how is it showing up for these women? So one of them that's come to mind in a number of my coaching sessions and in the mastermind is how do I do this life and all the things that I mentioned, but how do I have meaning and purpose? Some of the young women are coming and asking about that specifically and already know that there's something more to be going for than the check boxes. And that's such a beautiful space to be in and an inquiry to be in. And if you haven't been before, hey, it's great to even, you know, raise our awareness that it's possible to do all of these things, you know, all of these um, aspects that we talked about and infuse them with meaning, with purpose. And one of the big ways that we do that is through creating a vision for ourselves. So if we talk about our careers or we talk about relationships, we talk about, you know, the different ways that we might mother, what's my vision for myself in those? That's not like the goal, like I'm going to, you know, have a kid or I'm going to, you know, do this job and then get this graduate degree and, you know, be a partner and at such and such time frame. like those are all fine. But if they're not in the service of a vision that I've held for myself, a place where the qualities in all of those aspects are honored, where the how I'm being in them takes a priority. And this is us really living our lives more fully from the feminine, if you're a woman. And as a man, that can look more like, you know, the bringing that being side into play so that the doing isn't all that's valued. And that gives us so much more purpose and meaning. And then I also coach my coaches to look at what and really expand the vision or even really realize what does it mean to live with purpose? And sometimes we confuse and often see a lot of confusion on purpose and is purpose about like what I do, you know, is it finding that like work that I'm passionate about. It can be, I mean, those can be an aspect of it, but really what I think is more expansive is when we look at, and I learned this, you know, early on in my coaching with Dr. Bob Wright, that purpose is something that I should be able to ask myself in any moment, am I living with purpose? So that's from the time I wake up, maybe even like while I'm sleeping. And as I go about every aspect of my day, am I purposeful? So it's going to look more like, you know, for me, it's, you know, a way I've articulated a purpose for me is that I'm alive, awake, engaged, and conscious, living as much in the moment as possible and inspiring others to do the same so that our world can be a more conscious, uplifting, awake, and beautiful place to be. That's not exactly it. I I kind of rambled off with it, but it's along that framework of, Okay, so in this moment, am I engaged? Am I 
you know, when I say awake, I don't just mean like my eyes are open, you know, but am I awake to my surroundings? Am I present in the moment? If not, what's in the way of that? And how can I get more present? You know, there were a lot of things I did for myself just in preparing to do this podcast to make sure I was prepared and created a space for myself. And that was very on purpose for me. Doing the podcast is, you know, purposeful from the standpoint of I'm stretching myself, I'm engaging, and then hoping to inspire others as I'm stretching and challenging myself. So I really have been working with women to expand in that arena. So that's kind of in that general area of like that covers all the areas and having purpose and meaning and vision in them. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, Hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay. And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. and. We go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. And then to be more specific in, in some of the you know kind of life circumstances, maybe to name a couple is around the relationship continuum. So I've been coaching, you know, some women around their first big breakups or 
you know, their first adult breakup and letting themselves. And with those, a lot of the coaching's about letting ourselves have the full expanse of the feelings, right? The sadness, the hurt, the anger, being able to look at some of the joy of this new space that's being created, but allowing ourselves to tell, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly and the truth of it all in our full emotions so that we can learn from it, right? I don't ever believe there's a failed relationship. There's only failed learning from a relationship that's ended. And what am I going to learn about myself? What am I going to learn about me in relationship, you know, with a significant or romantic partner? And then what is that telling me I need to then work on in my life to, you know, do some, some deep personal work that opens up more space for me to navigate it differently. You know, we're always going to be drawn in certain aspects to certain people based on our upbringings and things like that. But we can be more awake, uh, more aware in those. And then there's engagement and how do I fully engage in an engagement uh, to a significant other that isn't just the like cool things about planning a wedding, right? Like that's nice. And, but how it, how in the whole process of our journey of engagement, can we learn more about each other? Can we challenge beliefs that can we come together with a vision as a couple? And what does that take? And that even the whole planning process takes on more depth and meaning for ourselves. I think I'll name maybe one more in this arena, and that's around, you know, at any stage or phase, 20s, 30s, around the topic of children, right? And, you know, we're now in a paradigm and culture that more and more we're having more options. You know, way back when, the main option was just having birth control, that you could, you know, have choice in that regard, that left a lot more possibilities and options for women. You know, now... You know, we have more choice. That choice has been expanded with the onset of fertility, you know, freezing eggs and um, that whole range. You know, what's amazing science, right? Um, Really beautiful. But what I work on with women is to be really awake, uh, to be really conscious in this environment, because, you know, once we start having those feelings around, I think I want to have a child or I don't know and I'm scared we have to keep a perspective. Well, I, you don't have to. I'm going to invite you to really broaden your perspective, to really become discerning, to really be able to, you know, know that any of these technologies and the hospitals or practices that are doing them and sharing them are a business, right? So, you know, looking at it from that perspective, okay, so if I'm a business, I I want women, you know, I want people to buy my product and we don't want to be blind in those arenas and we really want to do our due diligence. You know, what is the full, you know, gamut of this? And particularly what I coach women on in this arena is being aware that a lot of the approaches are very fear-based. And if we don't have skills and tools to navigate, you know, what can be really scary territory. I'm not saying ill-intentioned fear-driven, but there isn't a lot of expansive thinking when it comes to, here's the data. Oh, looks like, you know, you are going to have trouble getting pregnant based on, you know, this and this about your body and about your eggs and, and all that. And we hear that and, you know, it strikes a, a very primal fear for us. And, you know, how do I navigate that? How do I stay with myself 
as I'm, you know, navigating even just the data that I find out from some of these appointments. And then there's navigating, you know, the the whole journey of that, that really so important that we've been and have built some muscles around our own introspection. And these can all be beautiful opportunities for our own growth, development, and healing if we let them be. And, you know, that sometimes takes some just myth-busting, being really willing to look at, you know, what we've always been told is like the way to do something and, and challenging it, you know, and talking to a variety of different people who have done, navigated some of these territories in a variety of different ways. So you can really come to choices that feel right for you. So I think I've named some arenas, some territories, and, you know, I, I shared, you know, one instance of where I, I, you know, navigated some of this myself. And it's not that I'm, you know, coming at this from a space of like, oh, I did this all perfectly and, you know, here and now I'm going to tell you how to do it. You know, not at all. You know, it's been a a very tumultuous journey, all of these arenas uh, for myself. But there are some things that, you know, I feel very grateful to have had come into my life to help navigate them that allowed me to have some more expansive thinking in these arenas that kind of started my journey on my whole growth and development. You know, first and foremost came with getting engaged and having a boss very gruffly tell me that the best thing I can do is, you know, see a premarital counselor that we do. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I was I was actually 23 at the time that he said this, not even quite 24, and had no idea, you know, what some doing something like that would entail or bring to me. And I followed my gut on that one. And there were just some signals, some signs that were already red flags in my relationship right from the start. And I was also vaguely aware, well, I was very aware that, you know, neither mine or my, you know, soon to be husband's, our parents' relationships were already having ended in divorce or, or were about to. So we didn't have the best models. But if I had let myself talk to other people, I may have gotten talked out of doing something like this, but I, I stayed true to my gut and, you know, began uh, a growth journey that has sent myself and my husband on just such a bigger, broader, you know, more expansive with not less tumultuous, not any easier. In fact, more messy and more tumultuous because we're willing to mix it up and, and stir things up along the way. And, you know, definitely tools and ways to navigate the ups and downs. You know, so we now, I, I, you know, I navigated taking career risks. Um, you know, my husband and I chose sobriety at a very young age. We were about 26, 27 when we chose to stop drinking alcohol and create a more conscious lifestyle. Uh, my husband started grad school. That stirred up a whole ton of things about perceptions I thought I had about, you know, him taking care of me and, you know, really coming from this old model of relationship and roles, you know, that's something we've been navigating through and still are in our marriage and bringing myself more to the forefront. So lots of things there. I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just touching on them, but I want to give you a sense of, you know, what's possible at these ages and some of the things either you've already bumped up against or are going to, or, you know, want to navigate differently as they come along and to know that there there are ways to do that. And maybe you've tried some, but there, you know, there there are always more. As I wrap up here, I want to share, I don't know, a, a few points, at least summarizing 
where we've been on, on our journey today that you can take with you and grapple with, think about, again, use for your own discernment. I'm certainly not telling you what to do, but I do want to provide options, uh, possibilities that maybe you haven't you know, thought about before and really allow them to deepen, expand your own life journey. So the first one is, as I've been saying through this whole podcast, to challenge yourself to think and live expansively. And by that, I mean, yes, challenge norms and set, you know, rules in our culture, but also challenge yourself to dream big, think and feel beyond what you see around you. There's always more, you know, the, the sky is limitless, you know, the universe is limitless and so is our potential and so are the possibilities, you know, really having that growth mindset that can take you beyond anything you imagine. And that can be scary. You know, our brain is wired for the familiar and what we've seen around us. And we really have to um, get a lot of support and challenge ourselves to step out of, you know, the, those boxes. And you do that, like I mentioned earlier, by creating a vision for yourself. Next, to always be curious, you know, be curious, be, and I don't mean um, paranoidly suspicious, but wonder and challenge and be willing to, you know, read, learn, and not just support how we already think, right? And that can be happening in every arena of our life. And similar to that, you know, dare to examine closely held sacred family system norms, right? And even things like our family's great, you know, my parents were perfect, or some that, you know, I think a lot of people that I coach, you know, look at is, our family had so much going on behind closed doors, but we weren't allowed to talk about it. And it wasn't okay to show our vulnerability, show our mess, and show what's kind of really going on, not to point fingers and to blame, but so we can have this examine life and know what it is as we're going about these transitions and these big junctures, what it is that we need to heal, what's there and possible for our healing. And what goes along with that is being willing to be uncomfortable as you design this life and, you know, and you design a super meaningful and purposeful life is going to be uncomfortable. I found in so many of the young women that I coach, just a huge depth and expansive caring. If anything, I find, yes, if there's some, some self-centeredness, there's just as much caring more about the world, caring about our environment, but we need to care about ourselves first and foremost, so that we're in great shape to make the changes um, in the world that are so necessary, right? And that, that change is scary, it's messy, and to just know that that's what we're getting into. And I think finally, to really establish a solid self-care, mothering yourself routines, right? And systems and muscles, building muscles in these arenas and you know, that's starting with our general self-care, right? My mom always said, you know, have a good skincare routine. Well, even before my 20s, you know, you'll, because there's nothing you can do about it later, but if you do it now, and I didn't listen, right? It was like, oh, my skin's fine now. It's beautiful. But it's the muscles of, of a routine like that. It's the, the caring and taking, you know, not just putting lotion on my face, but, you know, being tender with myself and doing all of the, the, even the external self-cares with more of that engagement and awareness, but then the self-care that goes much deeper, yeah, the self-care that goes you know, into our core, into our being, building a solid core sense of self so that I am as strong internally to navigate these challenges that we're talking about, to navigate these transitions, to not be 
you know, to be able to be a strong tree rooted and planted that can sway with strong winds, you know, and it's by having that solid core, that healthy, solid core um, that comes from really, really knowing ourselves and practicing ongoing, you know, uh, Dr. Judith's right model of ongoing lifelong transformation is called evolating. And there's, you know, these six phases to it, but the one I'm thinking about right now is the, is of kind of a final really important phase, which is dedicating, you know, that I've dedicated, I have a life dedicated to uh, transformation, to my, my emerging, to my potential um, and what's involved in that. And in some ways I'm, I'm wanting to kind of emphasize the, some of the fear that comes along with and the messiness. It's also so much more fun um, so much more richness that we get out of all of our many, many more of our moments that are the treasures that we accumulate through our life. And some of the worst times may end up being some of our most meaningful because of what we learned about ourselves, because of how we grew, you know, because of the ways we did things differently and tried new things in our life and we're willing to risk and play. And, you know, that's what I love so much about you know, particularly the twenties, but even on into our thirties is it's that young kind of youthful, youthful time or in the energy that's there. And we want to, you know, play with things and not necessarily like hone right in on stuff, but, you know, we have the opportunity to try different things and play. So I think we're about there and I'm hoping you have felt invited into possibilities for this time in your life. I know these are all the things, everything that I just gave as points are things that I would tell my 25-year-old self now to maybe I had awarenesses of some, some of them, but to really activate them and do everything in my power to stay on a path of challenging myself and expanded thinking and, and being uncomfortable because There'll be times in our life that when you start following a path like this, that you far exceeded, you'll hit points where like, wow, this is more than I ever thought I would possibly have or you know, be doing or, or be feeling or being. And that's a, both a wonderful time and a scary time because we can hit plateaus and we might be afraid that if we keep rocking the boat, and this is what happened to me in, when I had kids, was I was afraid if I kept rocking the boat in my relationship with my husband, like I would lose it all. And now I had kids and now, you know, we had this beautiful home and this life that we had built. And what if I lost it all? Um, what if, you know, this next time that I challenged us, it was, you know, something got triggered. Anyway, you know, I unfortunately let some of those thoughts overpower me and I have some huge regret about that. I'm learning from it. I'm using that regret to fuel this work that I'm doing, to fuel this phase of my life. So nothing's ever wasted, but at the same time, you know, when I imagine what my life and the lives of our family might've been, had I stayed, you know, really rigorous in my growth and development, like, wow, you know, that's, that's a whole other cool thing. And maybe I'll come back in another lifetime to, to live that one. But I still totally value and, and know that whatever journey you choose, any amounts of consciousness is going to send you an amazing direction. I would love to you know, hear how any of this goes for you. You can reach me on my Instagram at, at Dr. Gertrude Lyons and keep me posted on how your journey's going. I would love that. I wish you so much purpose, meaning, and dreaming big. 
Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.